Welcome to our new podcast, In the Hunt, powered by Gameforge. Uh, welcome to this episode of In the Hunt. This is Brian Bailey here in Charlottesville, Virginia. I'm joined with Mark Sweeney, as always. Mark, what are you up to? I, I'm back home. I traveled. I was in D.C. for the weekend, just doing some clinics up there, which is nice, up at TC, TPC Avenel, which is a beautiful golf course. I hadn't been to in a long time, but it was great to get out, and everybody's all excited about playing golf this summer up there. No, I, I yeah, and I know uh, I was traveling all last weekend, which was the first time I've flown since COVID hit. So that was a, a different experience. And uh, I learned to drink really, really slow and eat really, really slow. And therefore, my mask was off almost 99% of the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's a, the way you're supposed to work the system. You're that guy, aren't you? <laughs> Nobody um, cared, did they? <laughs> no, they, well, my, my first uh stewardess was a little uh she's a little cranky the second one just didn't even really acknowledge that people were on the plane so that was actually really pleasant but uh no it was uh it was fun and i got to play some golf up there i got a, I sent a picture of those rental clubs that they gave us uh poor kids walking across the parking lot with this ragged set of wilson's i don't even know how old they were i just started <laughs> laughing because they were so bad and uh it was fun to play with a uh, really bad equipment um for, for a lot of you out there, I get it. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but, uh, you but I got the equipment for your bad shots. Yeah, no, I, I had a lot of really good shots. It was actually kind of funny, but, it, but the putter was felt like a daggone hammer. I couldn't even feel the ball come off the face. It was the weirdest sensation of my life. Um, hmm. But again, uh, today we have a special guest. Um, what we're going to do is kind of take you behind the scenes of what a consulting call with a player kind of looks like um we have albert i'm if you've listened to our podcast in the past albert joined us last year he's currently playing on the canadian tour uh, and of course he's fighting all these wonderful covid restrictions and everything going on in the world right now so uh we're going to dive into albert's numbers and before we go too far albert you just want to give kind of a quick recap a little bit about you and we'll get started yeah um brian and uh mark yeah i started like uh using you guys this app um I think it was about a year ago. I'm not sure how long, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been really like easy to use, especially now with the, like the mobile uh, advice where you guys got that that app going. And um, yeah, it's just always nice to see the numbers because sometimes where you think you're struggling, you're not really struggling, and it's just like such a complex game. And to you know just really start to realize like you know what's my strengths and what's my weaknesses. Um, but that's where you guys come in and, uh, dissect everything. But yeah, it was a year ago and, uh, did pretty well. Um, won an event on the, on the McKenzie tour a couple of months ago. And then just, yeah, just, uh, uh, like you said, with all the restrictions, like coming back and forth, like during the winter time, when I would come back to Canada, I would have to quarantine for like two weeks. And then, uh, you know, I, there was not even simulators open or nothing. So it was like really like no golf, no golf, no golf. And yeah, it's just hard for me as a player to, to you know, to stay sharp because um, you need that practice time. And uh, yeah, so being going back and forth and not being able to practice, I've kind of like neglected, um, like we've discussed earlier a little bit, I just neglected like putting in my scores because I feel like when I go back, you know, I just need some time to uh, get my game back to where I was for me to get a true reflection of uh, where my game really is and what's really causing, um, you know, some of the strokes that I've lost. 
And um, yeah, this is uh, what this conversation is all about. It's just like, okay, you know what? I haven't put in, in all the scores that I needed to. Um, but also in the fact that I just, I, I get lost in everything. It's not just all the numbers, but how do I practice to, to get this better? Um, you know, I kind of like sometimes feel like I'm a little bit of a scatterbrain. So for me to, to really put things together, um, almost, you know, that's why I need you guys to tell me like, Hey, this is the program for the week. This is what you're going to do. And this is the reason why you do it. We see you struggling with the putting in this range. So let's get to work on that or whatever you guys advise me. So, uh, yeah, I'll just let you guys, uh, take the lead on this one and uh yeah so i just have a better understanding of where i'm at this moment because i've not like even looking at that um there's some like you guys said there's some really good numbers there but i just haven't performed well so you know is it i i did feel a little fatigued i just um there was like a lot of tournaments that i've played and a lot of uh monday qualifiers that i've also played and those things can wear you down that's mm. yeah. They just wear you down. Yeah. Brian, Brian, oh, the first thing I noticed, um, it won't change the numbers a whole lot, but uh, in the last three months, there's only five tournament rounds. Brian, if you go back to like just January one, maybe I think we'll get up to about 13 or 14. Um, the numbers still basically look the same. So it's not going to really dramatically change anything, but I'd like to look at at least 10 rounds. Uh, there we go. That'll get us. Um... Oh, that's only five rounds. Oh, it's probably, yeah, it's probably because all rounds get some higher. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, you're, you're, if we put all rounds in, they're off the chart. So we, we probably shouldn't look at that because everything <laughs> you're averaging, you're averaging better than the number one player in the world there if we look at all rounds. So we'll go to, go to tournament rounds. Um, Brian, I, I'll tell you what I'd look at first just to, um, maybe diagnose it real quickly. Uh, I mean, obviously your ball striking is good, but you know, our benchmark is for a high level player is, four birdies and two bogeys or more than four birdies and less than two bogeys. And if you just take a quick look at yours, you're at 3.8 birdies around 2.6 bogeys. Um, so the bogeys is a little bit higher than we want. We really want that down to about two ish, which just makes me jump straight down to um, scrambling P sixes. Uh, and then our short putting, we'll have to look at our short putting also. Um, and your scrambling is at 44%. And right there, we'd like to see that higher than 50. So right off the bat, you know, your birdies are pretty close to our target. Um, but you're, you're making too many bogeys. So the question is, is that greenside proximity? Is it um, disruptors? Are your disruptors a little high? You know, are those lost shots where you have to punch out and save par from far away? Um, you know, there's, there's a half a shot per round in there that's basically just too many bogeys. Mm -hmm. Brian, what do, you, what do you look at? I mean, we'll look at your offense. Your, your ball striking is off the charts good. And, and the nice thing I like looking at is your putting – your uh, IP conversions is what we talked about last time. That's dramatically higher than last time I talked. Right. You're at the last five rounds. You're at almost 40% there. And I think the previous time we had talked, you were down about 20 ish. No. Um, if I remember correctly. No, I um, yeah. But we had no, talked I a lot about converting, converting more birdies, which it looks like you're doing, you know, yeah, and no, the other, no. the other side of the coin is drop your bogeys down to two or less. Yeah, I think the, the offense is good. It could be better. Again, you know, 
um, we're, we're converting, we have a BIP rate, which is kind of 50%. And professionally, we'd like to see that up closer to 60 means you're taking better advantage of when you have birdie opportunities. But again, you're having roughly eight per round, seven and a half, eight birdie opportunities per round. So again, converting 50% is going to put you right at that four birdie number, which you're at. But again, we'd like to see maybe a little overachieving there. Um, but more so, again, it's that short game. And I think the I think the one that really jumps out to me is your um, your conversion rate for six feet and in is really good. So when you do hit it within six feet, you're converting at a very high rate, which is very good. But your scramble rate is low. And really what drives scramble rate is P6 proximities. And then the kind of the second piece, which we talk about is P12. Um, your P12 is about 60% where the touring professional is pushing 80 so what we're really kind of, I think what is probably happening is when we chip it six feet and in, we're doing our job, but when we're not hitting it six feet and in, we're just not doing a good enough job. We should be, you know, leaving 20% more shots inside of that 12 feet, which gives you that opportunity to make a putt, which gives you the opportunity to inflate your scrambling score. So I, to me, the, the bogeys are, are really being driven by the fact that that P12, and again, where is that P12? It could be simply your disruptors, you're averaging two per, is not allowing you to get to the green. So therefore your P12 is getting decimated because the two times you have disruptors, you have no way to play it into the green to get it within 12 feet. And then again, that's kind of that spiral into, into, mm-hmm. into, into that conversion rate. But, but again, kind of looking through everything, you know, your, your, your three putts are way down. Your one putts are way up. Your ball striking, again, is definitely your strength. So I think, to me, it, it's really starting to look at what in that scrambling category is, is causing um, the bogeys to be just a little too inflated. Yeah, that's definitely, like, what I've, uh, what I've noticed is, um, is definitely, like, the, the chipping and the, um, you know, just around the greens is not as good as, uh, obviously, as I want it. I've always been, like, a great chipper, but I've, kind of feel like I've, I've lost that a little bit. You know, I just, um, I think we touched on it a little bit last time. Whereas uh, I'm just like, when I sometimes, and I don't know where this came from, um, but just when I miss the green, I'm like looking at a line, I'm looking at the pen in a situation. And I'm like, uh, what do I do with this shot? You know, I'm like almost not certain how to play that shot. And it's just been uh, kind of like a, like there's, there's a lot of information in my head, but to actually to put it into that shot, like how to do it. And, you know, do I stand open for this one? Do I cut across it? Do I go a little steeper? Do I go a little shallower? You know, there's just a lot going on that, uh, that I need to get rid of. Well, I, I think with that component, if you really, you know, I think all those pieces are basically explained. If you kind of go, you know, what does the ball want to do from the lie? Like when I look at the lie, is it coming out with energy without, is it coming out with spin or not? Is it coming out, uh, you know, trajectory wise, can I control? I think if you answer those three questions right out the gate, um, I think that next answer kind of takes care of itself. Well, the ball wants to do this. So that's really going to dictate how I'm going to hit this shot. Now, can I override it and maybe do something? Yeah, if I have to, but you know, for 90% of the shots, if you could say, Hey, is it coming out with more or less energy? Is it coming out with more or less spin? And can I can control trajectory off? Like what trajectory does this thing want to do? If you kind of understand those three parameters, I think it really dictates. You go from having hundreds of thousands of shots that I could do this, this, or this. And I think that'll really narrow you down to, you know, maybe a handful of shots. And then from that, you pick what you think's best. Um, but again, I, I think that that concept of is when you don't succeed around the green, you start to 
second guess, third guess. I should, I could have hit this. I could have done this. And I think that falls back into training as well. So when you're training, don't, don't be complacent around the green. You know, if you're going to sit one spot, hit 10 balls differently. You know, one of my favorite drills is, you know, basically 10, 10 shots of variation, sit in one spot and do 10 completely different things and learn from that. And then, like I said, move around and kind of, kind of control that concept of, again, if I understand what the ball wants to do, and then as I start applying variations on it, you'll be amazed on how many different shots you can hit within your parameters of six feet, 12 feet. So I think, again, I think that's just going back to basics and just understanding around the green, what am I trying to accomplish? Can I hit it within six feet? What gives me my best chance to do that? And I, you know, sometimes it's not cute. Sometimes it's just a very simple trajectory controlled shot that's, you know, doesn't spin. It doesn't do, people aren't going to go, whoa, but it does the job that I needed to get done. So, yes. Yes. I'm way past I, I that guys. Big piece. <laughs> <laughs> I'm way past that. I don't care what they think anymore. Very good. Getting, getting closer. It looks good. <laughs> Very yeah, good. As long as I can get a better check at the end of the day, I'm okay. <laughs> yes, that's a mature golfer right there. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. Do, do you think so, some of that's come from just the inability to practice as much as you want? You know is what? That, that's that definitely it? that's definitely one of it, Mark. And that's uh, that's something that I've noticed. Um, like even even things in South Africa, right? Uh, and at golf courses, uh, believe it or not, like most of the time where you go is you you see like a nice driving range, a nice putting green, and very, very mediocre like chipping greens uh, from where I've traveled to, you know, at that certain course. Obviously, you get some and it's like spectacular, but, you know, most of the time where I move at, it's just, it hasn't been, hasn't been great. You know, even like in my practice facilities, it's kind of like, nah. You know, you got like five, six, seven shots, different shots you can play, and that's about it. So, you know, I've been trying to go out on the golf course, and, um, you know, it's nice when you get a golf course, which is not too busy, and you can kind of like throw balls around and just hit a couple of shots. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's definitely, I think, not practicing. And um, also, like I just told Brian, um, it's, you know, just of how to play the shots. Um, so I just need to like find a way to just get back to basics and just make sure that I get the job done in that way. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a fun game. I like, um, playing with a lot of students where we go out on the, when you go out on the golf course, cause you're right, it's, it's really hard to find good, um, short game conditions, uh, in the practice area. Like even at the, well, one of the courses I'm at is okay, but the other one is just a green by the first tee and there's really no short game you can do. But we'll do a game mm -hmm. where uh, you, you you play your normal shots in the green, but then you have around the green, you've got two shots. You've got a birdie putt, you know, 20 feet in, and you have a short-sided um, miss green shot. So something short-sided off the green, any, you know, rough fairway, um, bunker, whatever lie Thank you me. want. Um, and you play both balls. So you have a birdie putt and you have an up and down. And the goal is to be uh, par better at the end of however many holes you play. Um, but everything's short-sided, you know, and that, and that really forces okay. you to play the more difficult shots where you're trying to stop the ball versus, you know, a chip and run across the green, you know, you put mm -hmm. yourself in more difficult short-sided situations and, and figure out where you're more, most successful getting that up and down from. Um, I like that one just cause you're, you're balancing that with the birdie putt. Um, so you're always hitting one birdie putt and you're always hitting one short sided, you know, more difficult par save. And it just gets you a more, a bigger variety of conditions, uh, to practice that in. 
Yeah, and that's uh, like no that I think that's where um, the next conversation will go when we finish with this one is uh, you know how to practice. Um, I think like it's it's easy as a golfer just to get like habits and getting to those habits right mm -hmm. uh, of certain things, but now with with Game Forge. <laughs> I think it's easy to see where uh, where I need to uh, save some strokes. So, um, you know, if we can build something around that, um, you know, and then touch base, like say uh, every two weeks or at least like every like once in a month, um, you know, as we get like more rounds in there and yeah. to really see and uh, structure the practice sessions around that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, there, if we look at your ball striking, that's your imposition graph, right, Brian? Yep. Your IP graph is um, off the charts good. Gained over five rounds, is it, Brian? You gained 35 opportunities? Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of ridiculous, actually. Oh. So You know so what? That... And it's so weird sometimes <laughs> when I play with other guys and I'm, like, looking at them and looking ball striking, and I'm like, and then I feel like, man, I, I need to hit the ball better. You think they're hitting it better than you? Yeah, I just like sometimes when I look at it, but you know what? It it actually like when you, when I hit the ball, it looks different to when somebody stands on the side of me and looking at hitting the ball. Maybe they say like, man, this guy can hit the ball, right? But when you <laughs> see somebody from the side and they hit the ball, it's like, man, that's a pretty nice shot. That's this, this guy can hit the ball, right? Yeah. But maybe I'm that guy too. So yeah, well, I, I, think, I think you're that guy. <laughs> I think you're that guy more than you think. The question is who ball, whose balls land closer? Yeah, Are they well, equivalent? by looking at by looking at this is uh it's pretty good, right? No, yeah, it's very good. very good. It's, it's yeah. about as good as you could ask. Very good. Your IP graph's good. Your um, dispersion graph. Uh, go ahead and hit the dispersions. I mean, your average dispersion is five percent. That's top ten in the world. PJ Tour is about five percent. Well, uh, oh, that's all approaches too. That's not even. Yeah, that's that's all. Your average all approaches is nine percent. You're at five percent. All this is approaches. what I look. This one's staggering, Mark. You're ready, Miss Greens. Yeah, yeah. That that one. That one's. What that says is when you miss the green, you don't miss by much. <laughs> okay. So we usually, still, yeah. usually it's going to be a twenty percent miss. So if you're a hundred yards out, and you miss the green. You've got a twenty yard pitch shot into into the pin. Um, your misses are small misses. I've seen one other player like this just recently got on GameForge where her, her miss screens were very small dispersions, whereas most players are miss screens. They have some pretty big spikes on their misses, so their misses are big. So so you have small misses, which is great, right? And there's so um, many tour players that their greens hit or borderline miss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. a completely different ball of wax. Oh, yeah, that, that's exactly right. So yeah, just look at it as when he hits the green, he's averaging about four percent. Yeah, four percent. It doesn't get any better than four percent. I hate to tell you. Yeah, and that's across your whole graph. That's that's twenty yards all the way to two two hundred plus. I mean, that's it. Literally, you're not going to squeeze any more blood out of that rock. No. Okay. So, so yeah, don't don't just, go to the don't go. I mean, maintain it, but don't go to the range thinking, man, if I just hit it a little bit closer, still. I mean, based on these numbers. You're not going to hit any closer than that on average. On average, no. Not you know what? I just found uh, something in my um, in my practice session that I feel like I'm honing in even more. So, uh, uh -huh. Uh, that's gonna that's gonna be a secret for a little bit. But we'll uh, look at yeah. we'll look at your trends next time we talk and see what if that, <laughs> okay. if that goes down. <laughs> see if I can back that up with my big mouth. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's see. Oh, yeah. So here's our putting graph. Um, so where we gained 75 shots with ball striking, lost roughly 15, 16 shots with putting. Um, and again, a lot of that is really being kind of, you can kind of see that short putt between four and six feet. You're making it for bogey. I mean, making it a safe par, it looks like. But it looks like there's a couple birdie putts. So even though your birdie conversion has been pretty good over the last five rounds, definitely some shots there. And then the nine to 20, your number's been pretty good. Um, definitely 10 to 12 feet, you're making a large swath of them, kind of what we'd expect. But definitely some room for improvement. And we can kind of look at proximities on that, Mark. Yeah, I mean, proximity is all right. The big thing I would look at is the short leaves graph, which yours is actually pretty darn good. So that tells you um, roughly, that shows you how many you should be leaving short at different ranges. So zero to 10%, zero to 10 feet, you should be leaving 1% short. And that's pretty much where you are. 20 feet, it's about 10%. Um, and then it grows. Uh, when you get out to 30, 40, you know, it's a little bit high. So you're leaving a little bit too much short, but I mean, that's kind of splitting hairs. I mean, if you hit 20 putts from, from 30 feet and you leave too, too many short, it's, that's kind of where you're at. So it's really not, it's really not something I would be, be concerned about, frankly. That's a pretty good graph there. Yeah, I, I, but again, if we look back at his GFI, he was averaging about 8% long on the EG putts. So that 20 to 40, he's, you know, again, getting that a little bit more to the cup might increase that make rate just, just enough to squeak a little more birdie out. Because again, 8% is good. But professionally, we start looking around 10%, maybe a little more. So, you know, that could be a piece, a side piece in the future, not something to dive in on. Like, I got to do that. Side piece. <laughs> but definitely yeah, a little side action that, little side that you might want to look at over time. But, uh, and then three yeah. pots. Um, three and, there, pots. and there's where you're kind of 20 to 30. So my question for you would be, well, 20 to 40, so our EG range out five, three putts. Um, but your 20 30s, your average miss was about four and a half feet. So, so your leave was too far from the hole and then you were missing that kind of follow-up, um, second putt. So the question would be, were those four to five feet short or four to five feet long or kind of a mix of the two? Okay. Cause those should be down about two, three feet and there. So your, your leave was too long, too far from the hole on those 20, 30 footers and, um, and so and so to prevent that it's either your your leaves got to be closer or your you know four to six feet footers have got to be just a little little cleaner. little tighter yeah okay well tighter, yeah there it is right so um yeah, yeah but i mean just but i mean your three putts are generally good yeah. and you only had yes. one you only had two outside 40 feet so i mean your three putts are we've seen are really not an issue um mm -hmm. So that's just kind of fine-tuning, looking at some of the, the little pieces. Just a, there. just a side note there, Mark. Um, like, I, I put it with the long putter for, like, quite a while now. Um, but you know what? They don't make proper long putters anymore. Um, and the one I have is, like, an Odyssey 2 ball. And I just don't like the insert on it. It's almost like I don't mm -hmm. feel the pace as, as good as I would feel, like, a mallet, uh, uh, like a like a mold butter, right? So now yeah. I've switched to uh, something a little bit more mold with the Scotty. And uh, definitely, I just feel the pace a lot better than I than I did with the long butter. Yeah, so, the answer is to change think... your, your, your distance control for sure. 
ball comes yeah. off hotter or softer, it just doesn't feel right. But that's a big thing. That is a big thing. Yeah, I've never realized it, but it's a it's a big thing. Yeah, I, I need to feel a little bit more with that. Like you know, that mold yeah. face. I feel like I control it like instantly better. And then also nice. like the loft on the putter, like with different greens. That's something that I've discovered too. Like you know, why can I feel like the pace so good? like on this one green and then go the next week and it's like what is going on here right i just can't get it so yeah i think that's uh that's something i need to look into whether i decide to go with the longer putter or the shorter one as long as i you know just have something available to um just change the loft so i can uh you know a better distance control right you agree uh, yeah, I mean, the lofts can definitely change depending on green speed, um, can change the the roll, right? And when the roll, when you get more roll or, or more skid coming off, it's going to change your distance control. There's no question about it. Okay. And also um, uh, construction or type of putter head, uh, metal, like a milled face, you know, it actually has a little bit of smash where a insert face can actually take that smash down. So a lot of players... You know that that feel of being the 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 ball to jump and putting a little bit off the face with a metal, uh, with with the actual milled face is is something that some people like and some people don't. So that is yeah. definitely you know again we're splitting hairs at this point. These are minuscule little pieces, but inside of the feel world, inside of getting feedback and the way I want the ball to roll, you know having that component match what you're trying to do is really important. Again, at, at, especially at your level, trying to find that half a shot here or there you know, find that 10th of a shot here or whatever. I think, again, those components are something you need to think about. Yeah, perfect. Thanks. Thanks, Brian. And then uh, we didn't look at, I'm oh, sorry, we forgot to go through short game. Let's see here real quick. Scrambling. Um, from the fairway, pretty much doing your job. So we'll come down here to rough. And one again, thing I would I say in the fairway there, go back to the fairway for a second, because I missed this the first time I looked at it. <laughs> but given how close your misses are, you have more in that one to 10 yard range than most people. Most people have very few there. And then they kind of jump up kind of 10 to 30. You're actually the opposite. You have a lot of one to 10 yard um, chip shots, uh, green side. And so that's where I would like to see that number um, higher there. Yeah, that's about a your 30. close okay. chip. That's that's unusual. But but that's, you know, like I said, most people don't have a, the bulk of their shots there, but you actually do from the fairway. So those are probably either fringy shots or, or just short in the fairway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, but those you, you should, you should, you should get those up to, you know, 80, 90, 90% inside six feet. Gotcha. Yeah. That's a big one actually. Mm -hmm. You know, the other thing, yeah. Yeah. Just to tighten up because that's just giving shots away. Right. Yeah, I mean, when you're that close in the fairway with a good lie, you should be trying to stick those all over the pin, like all of them. Yeah. Uh -huh. you know, it's not like you're okay. 30 yards in the rough. Gotcha. But then the funny part, if you look at him out of the rough from, from 1 yeah. to 10, he's actually doing his job. More than doing his job. More than yeah. doing his job. So overall, kind of combining those two together, you're, you know, you went from 30 behind to being now, you know, 10 behind. So you've closed that gap. But again, that's why it's important to designate fairway shots, rough shots, and bunker shots so you can start to understand as a player. But, again, mm -hmm. you can kind of see hitting your numbers, really. But, again, at 10 to 20, we can start to see there's a little gap out of the rough. And, again, it kind of flips with, with what you did out of the fairway. Mm -hmm. For fairway, you were doing your job from 10 to 20. 
and then 10 to 20 now inside the rough. So again, just kind of evaluating what that is and what it, you know, and again, it might be kind of like you said, not practicing, but more just not picking the right shot, you know? Yeah, And also look at your, your practice routines. I mean, when you're out practicing, are there some of those shots you are spending more time on than others? You know, do to you be hit honest, short, rough shots around the green a lot? I, uh, I, at this moment, I'm just like, you know, I just, I don't have like a set, nice little practice routine. And, you know, today I'm doing like stuff out of the rough and it's going to be bunker play. And that's, that's the big reason why I called you guys. Cause I, I, I know that I, uh, you know, need something a little bit more structured so that I cover all my bases because yeah. like sometimes I would, I would get on the golf course and like, Oh, I haven't practiced this shot in a month. What the hell do I do here again? Like, you know, so yeah, I just, I, I feel like I'm going to be a much more solid player. Um, if I can just be a little bit more structured and get guidance from you guys. Um, yeah. I think, yeah. I think around the green, like all things you've got to assess. So, you know, I'd be dropping balls randomly zero to 10 from the fairway, from the rough assessing what happened and, and kind of understanding what I'm doing. I know what the numbers are telling me. I know what it looks like, but inside of training, am I hitting those same numbers? If my numbers are following what I'm doing in tournament play, now there's a question. Now there's a, there's a skill component or I'm not applying something correctly. And then you can mm-hmm. really taper down and say, maybe it is from the fairway zero to 10, but more so maybe it's the back half of zero to 10. Maybe it's five to 10. I'm, you know, I'm trying to hit this shot, but this shot, so again, to me, there's got to be a structure in the fact that you've got to be following your, your trends and understanding what's happening, but also inside of training, figure out those skill components that aren't supporting what you're trying to do. And that can only be done by moving around, you know, working 10 to 20, 20 to 30, working all of it, getting very specific to just lie, getting very specific, just distance and assessing my ability to hit P6, P12, and then my conversion rates from that. So I guess my challenge to you would be, it's great to go hit shots and, and train skills, but also put yourself in some assessment situations, a little bit of pressure. I have to, you know, I have to hit from zero to 10. I got to hit seven out of 10 minimum out of the rough, you know, um, from zero to 10 yards, six feet or in. Can I do that? And if I'm starting to see that my numbers are, are achieving consistently below, what's that skill that's preventing me from doing that? What is that piece that, you know, it could be equipment. It could be, You know, it could be a lot of things, but again, what is that? So the funny thing is nobody that I talk to ever has a really good short game game plan. Um, They're pretty good with ball striking and they're okay with putting for the most part, but short game, like you said, nobody ever thinks about it, not even golf courses uh, for training wise. But again, I think just, just kind of understanding that, you know, you can't build and get better if you don't know your weaknesses and you can't identify weaknesses unless you really, you know, scientifically attack each component and see what strengths and weaknesses are. Gotcha, Brian. Yeah, that's awesome. You want to jump into trends real quick, Mark? Yeah, let's have a look at trends. The one other thing I did look off on the side, because we don't have the graph in there yet, is uh, your disruptors, um, <laughs> kind of where they're coming from. And basically, all of your disruptors were par four tee shots. Yeah, I am. Um, <laughs> this is another thing about like equipment. I am. Um, I just had like just been struggling for driver a little bit because um, my old faithful. Well, I have an old, old faithful. It's twelve years old, and uh, that thing's always trying to make its way into my bag again. 
but um, I lose like 17 yards off it, like off the tee. So I'm kind of like, you know, it's, it's a lot to give up, but like my last, last, my last tournament, I actually like the first round I played and I was like, man, I can't hit the fairway for crap. And then uh, my iron shots are pretty decent. So I'm like, can't be my swing and stuff. So graveled faithful. Uh, luckily I, I brought it with, um, and yeah, for the last, three rounds that I played, I think I've missed one fairway by a foot. It was just wow. unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wow. So, you know, like, I'm just like equipment makes a difference. It, oh, it, yeah. just, it does. Well, it goes back to market. He did it. What is it about 70, 80 yards difference in distance to the hole from hitting fairway and not hitting fairway. So even though old faithful might be killing you a little bit, not hitting yep. fairways is killing you a lot without old faithful. So it's again, yeah. if you can find that, that old faithful and a newer version that gives you the 20 go all yeah. in, but, yeah. but understand that again, that, that ability to hit fairway, you know, the myth of hitting, hitting it super far and hitting the rough and you're going to be more accurate. is not really true. So just be careful with that. Yeah. There's a, there's yeah. a trade-off. There's a trade-off. I mean, if, mm-hmm. If if you put two guys, if you took two players and put one in the fairway all day long, fifty yards behind the other one in the rough all day long, generally the guy in the fairway is going to win, um, generally speaking. But then, but it's not as simple as that because when guys hit it longer, they're hitting a f- some fewer fair, maybe one less fairway, but the ones that are in the fairway are farther. You know what I mean? So there's yes. a, there's there's two mm-hmm. dimensions going on there. You kind of have to figure out overall are you having better approaches or not. Um, that's kind of the equipment question there. You know, yeah. longer at all co- longer is great, but not longer at all costs is not great. You've got to figure out the balance. Yeah, that's it. Like so, now I just got like old faithful there, and uh, you know, and at least I have something that I know I can at least give myself like second shots into the green. Yeah. But like you said, yeah, I'm I'm busy searching for something that I can just you know get out there and yeah, it's just it's a it's a it's a tough one sometimes. It's not as easy yeah. to just get something you like and you trust. Yeah, no wife. doubt. So the thing, the last three months here, the thing is, you've got. It looks like one, one round, one round per month. Yeah, I can't. I can't be quite one round per month, right? This tournament's only right, Brian. Yeah, yeah. So there's no because there's no variance in there. There's no yellow bar showing you high and low. That means it's either one round or you had multiple rounds with the same stats. Like you had two rounds, both with three birdies or four birdies or whatever. Seven birdies. <laughs> Seven birdies in April. That's a nice one. Yeah, no. So, um, but again, like I said, that you know, just to kind of look back, birdie wise, you were definitely hit in 2020, you were really hitting that number of four, four and a half. And again, you know, that's you know, the golden number for touring pros. We've got to find four. So the question is, what was that, right? So we look at greens, which we know your ball shaking is crazy. So you're looking anywhere from 14 up to 15 so again ball striking and then the question is in positions and you can see kind of what we see is the in position graph again small target don't change what you're doing but we can see a slight drop off of the in positions so we can see birdies are kind of dropping down and we can see in positions are kind of mirroring that condition and that again from when Sorry, Brian, to interrupt. Where from when was that where it started dropping? Like what what was that date? Uh, well, after October. Yeah, after October a lot. So when the season ended last year, between the re kick of this year, we can definitely see 
a change. So go, Brian, yeah, go to fairways and see if that mirrors fairways. Yep. Or not. That's interesting. That's when I changed equipment. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So the IP, the, the IPs mirror your fairways. So that just shows that you have a high correlation between fairways and in positions. Uh-huh. Okay. That's good to know. Oh, April. <laughs> that was the new driver, huh? The April one. Um when did I when did I get a new driver? Was was October last year? Was That's October kinda, last year? October's and, uh, kind of you were kind of at your height, and then, like I said, in the new year, we're definitely seeing. Um, but the good news is, you put it back in your bag in July, and your fairways actually went up. So yeah, it's going. <laughs> so again, yeah. not telling you what to do. However, <laughs> well, let's watch this for for the month of July going That's forward. Right. Um, and then we'll, we'll we'll clip over to bogeys really quickly. So again, you can see we're. You know, most of 2020, you were really kind of at two or below. So, you know, making more than four birdies, making less than two bogeys, the perfect recipe to make money and, and win stuff. And then, again, we can see our bogeys have slowly crept up. So, again, what is our bogeys? Again, we look at greens. You know, your greens have dropped, so that puts more opportunities to have to get up and down, right? So that's always a negative because, you know, more opportunities, you're going to fail even at whatever percentage. And then we go into what is your P6 rate. And you can see your P6 rate was climbing through the last half of the year. And then again, we're starting to settle down. Um, and again, we can drop the benchmark of the tour player here, which you're kind of hitting your number. You can kind of see you're kind of balancing that 50%. But the problem is, is that 50%, if we have more and more opportunities to have to get up and down, our up and downs are going to get worse just on the sheer fact that we have more opportunity. So I think that's a big piece of it is, again, you know, in the big spectrum at all, when I miss more greens compared to what I'm used to, that just puts, you know, a quarter more bogey in the system just because I have more opportunities to do it. Yeah. 50% yeah. of six is bigger than 50% of four. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're a politician, then it's better. <laughs> and it's whatever you want it to be. <laughs> it's whatever you call it. It's what I say it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, but again, that's that's kind of the arc we're seeing that and again that's what we kind of saw in the gfi so again if we jump back to your gfi again what we see is just birdies have dropped just a hair you know from over four just to under and our bogeys have gone from two-ish just to two and a half so that's that a little bit of scoring range difference and, and, and there's uh, a shot the shot around yeah, there's a shot yeah Brian, just, mm -hmm. just throw up next level so you can see real quick because it'll summarize all that. Just a quick question there, guys. Um, if you can go back to just quickly. Go back to the GFI. Mm -hmm. I always, like, there's also not enough eagles there, right? And yes. that to me just sometimes say like into the par fives. Um, that's one thing that I've seen that I've kind of like lacked a little bit it's just to get something that i can hit nice and high um you know, just give me a little bit more of an opportunity because i don't think you know i've been struggling with a three wood and a, and a two iron at this moment and i think it just shows there too because yeah, yeah, your go for it's really high but we're not getting any eagle eagles with it now your scoring's pretty good so you're still making your birdie you're kind of doing your yeah. job there but yeah. again yeah there's not much eagle but the good news is you don't make double 
So, well, and, and to, yeah. to be fair, to be fair, there's only five rounds in and like tour players make, you know, 0.1 Eagle, they make an Eagle every 10 rounds. Okay. You know, so if gotcha. you put five more rounds in there, the question, if you make one Eagle, then you're still on target, but on target. Still watch. okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And then, so next level is kind of what Mark and I just talked about. It's, I always say it's our brain, uh, how we kind of break down a player. You know, we kind of do it right in front of you. So, again, ball striking, definitely strength. So, averaging 1.2 under, looking at going to two under. Um, again, where there's target zones, it's that scrambling. And it's also that P6 number. Um, so, and then, so again, just kind of that concept of what are those components that I need to kind of, you know, get a little bit better at. Um, your EG conversion we talked about was a little bit low and we talked about kind of sidebar that, you know, kind of trying to get the correct distance control at, at distance and make a little bit more. So again, the, the concept really is, as we talked about, is it's not making so much more birdie. It's really taking bogey out of the system. And gotcha. again, that would be scrambling and that would be your P6 proximities. Okay. So now the, the thing is also just to keep the ball striking, everything good to keep that going. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. Uh, just work on this, right? Yeah, we sometimes I would see, oh, that's the problem. And then I go work on this and then I neglect the other one. So that's, yeah. that's the I tricky think, part of getting everything together. I think benchmarking wise, you got to keep doing what you're doing inside of ball striking. Like, boom. Don't, don't change that. Like, that's pretty good. The, the components are because, again, you know, if you go under offense and defense under next level as well, this breaks down your offense and you can see your ball striking numbers are, are ridiculously good. You go for it. Your par five scoring just a hair low again by, by the 10th. And really your bit percentage we talked about earlier was at 50. We'd like to see. So we'd like to see a little bit better conversion. And really where it's showing you is that longer putt, which we kind of hit as a sidebar is like something to kind of think about. It's not a big improvement, but it's definitely going to help you make a little more birdie. But again, when you really look at defense, we got it. We got to take a half a shot out of that. How are we going to take more than a half a shot? It goes back to scrambling uh, and kind of that P6 piece. Your noise is nothing, right? You you make no doubles. You're not making eagle right now, but you're not. And you know, over these five rounds, there's there's no noise in the system. So all your scoring is off of whether I make birdie, par, or bogey, which is what we want as a player. And then from that, it's just getting a little bit better in defense. The yeah. okay. interestingly, even when you make when you have a usually doubles match penalties, and you have got a couple penalties in there, but no doubles. Yeah. So they're probably mm -hmm. par five penalties or something like that, you know, but. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a good way for me to tighten up things. Now I know. See, that's what's so good about this. And, of course, we'll send you a copy of this so you can replay it and hear all of our vast wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are so smart. <laughs> We're smart, but there's a like a three-letter word that comes after it. <laughs> I'm waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> but... But I'll take that as well. <laughs> uh, any qu other questions for us, Albert? No, that's uh, that's pretty much it. I'll uh, I'll just be in touch maybe with Mark, and we can uh, go through some uh, some putting stuff uh, with Aimpoint. And um, it's just a couple of questions that I have with that. Yeah, uh, just to make sure. <laughs> if you're not uh, familiar with the targeting uh, stats, have you seen the targeting stats in the app? No, I've not. 
Yeah. So if there, if you go into settings in the app, you can turn oh, on targeting stats and then you can put in, when you approach the green, you, it'll, you put in the pin, your target quadrant and where you actually hit the ball. So the pins back left and you're targeting back left and then you don't hit the back left. You, you kind of enter those things that you just tap, you just tap a screen to put it in there, but then it'll start giving you, uh, um, stats for each quadrant of the green. So if you're worse at front rights, that'll show up real quick. Or it'll say, you know, when it's front right, your best target would be center or center left, you know, or whatever, rather than, or might say if it's front right, go straight out. Um, but they're all, they're all basically zeros now just because we haven't used it yet. Um, but that is available if you want to use it when you're putting oh, your rounds course. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to. I've just seen it. Like, it's just recently. You guys just done it recently, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, pretty, it's pretty recent. And it's optional. So if you, don't, if you don't turn it on in the app, you won't see it. As but much information on, as possible, yeah. Yeah, well, just, we can find I've a player that's it. got stats in there. But it, it'll, it's pretty, it can be pretty interesting. Let me see. Yeah. So, so you say I just put in the target. So, for instance, it's uh, bottom right, and then where I want to hit it is like maybe in the in the middle. Yeah. And then where I actually hit it. Right. Exactly. So here's a player that that has some rounds in, but again, kind of starting to paint the picture of the way, you know, hit targets. So the front right, middle to front right, definitely seems to be an issue. And it gives you pin counts and kind of understanding what's happening. So, again, it, it'll just start to give you some of that picture of what's happening, strengths and weaknesses. And is there a certain pin placement on a green that's going to start giving you, you know, maybe it's a, again, it's a strategy. Maybe it's moving a tee shot more over to create a different angle or things along that lines. And then there's going to be a lot of really cool stuff that comes from this. So I can't give you the top, top secret stuff. But yeah. This is <laughs> definitely something you want to do. We all have our secrets. Yes, exactly. we do. You, have it for ball striking. you wouldn't give it to us. So I'm not giving you this. <laughs> it's okay. We can wait for it. Uh, yeah. Makes right. it sweeter if you have to wait. <laughs> Makes it exciting. Yeah. Okay. Now that's cool. Yeah. Because um, just by looking at that, I can already think about it. Right. So next time when I see, okay, well, the pin is front right. I'm just like maybe a little bit more cautious on, you know, that's what I've been struggling with. Uh, or is it like, you know, is my fade not good enough or, you know, little things like that. So yeah. that's once again, it's just another part of, uh, of the app that can just guide us into the right direction, which is awesome. So good on you guys. Well done. I love it. Yeah, it'll be cool. Once you get some rounds in there, it'll be interesting to look at. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to be. And like I said, now, even like practice rounds, I'm just going to put it in there so we can just kind of like All right, you know, see see what see what the trends are. So, yeah, I'll be on that. Um, good. Okay. Well, Albert, I want to thank you for joining us on this In the Hunt. I hope this was a different way uh, for all of our listeners to kind of see taking a high-end player and starting to find those percentages to get them better. Uh, a lot of us have players spanning the spectrum. Um, so I think this is a great, a great learning tool for a lot of coaches and players to kind of listen and see, you know, strengths and weaknesses and how to get each player better. And I think that's kind of what, what we strive to do here at GameForge. Mark, you want to close this puppy out? Yeah, I think, I think the, you know, the big thing now is to create the practice plan that we talked about a few minutes ago, just, okay, you're, you're going to go play today, Albert, what, what you need to do when you get around Greenside uh, to improve those P6 numbers, you know, what distance is what lies, you know, kind of diagnose, are there certain shots that work better than others? Um, just kind of what's the issue there? Because you, you know you know the stats. I mean, you know that when you're inside 10 yards in the fairway, 
you should be inside six feet 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. if you're not, in, if you hit 10 balls and nine of them aren't inside six feet, then the question is why is it, is it, you know, is it spin control? Is it not landing the ball where you want to just what's, what's the issue? Gotcha. Yeah, no, definitely Mark. I will uh, go uh, get my practice rounds, uh, my, practice rounds, my practice sessions around that and see if we can discover something. Sounds good. Perfect. Well, thank everyone for joining us and we'll bring you more uh, in the hunt in the future. Thank you. Thanks guys.